How can realizing you are not your thoughts help you in your business as well as your daily life? Well, today's guest will share just that. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Welcome back to your daily dose of thought-molding learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman. And you? Infinitely more importantly, are a driven entrepreneur, a business owner, or hoping to be one very soon. Either way, you're here because you want to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Another big episode today. Today, Casey Edwards shares how she overcame anxiety that started to impact her life at the age of 16. She's going to share the lessons that she learned while traveling that bumpy road through meditation, yoga, life coaching, and even spin cycling. Then she shares a tip of G-O-L-D that we all should put into action today. Plus, I'm going to let you in on next episode's guest who left multiple jobs, even high in paying was, as she searched for what worked for her and her life. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal, business, and marketing G-O-L-D spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse Entrepreneur HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, my fellow dark horses, my guest today, well, she's a certified life coach. Uh, she's also a fellow uh, podcast host of the podcast called I Can't Wait to Tell You. She's a meditation teacher and a cycle a cycle bar spin instructor. You, you're feeling a trend here with what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Casey lives in Colorado and gets outside into nature about as much as possible. Uh, Casey's life literally changed completely the day she started meditating about seven years ago. Uh, and now she's made it her mission or, or is making it her mission to help people realize that they're not just their minds, but rather they are uh, the creators of their reality, which, if you're a regular listener, seems to be a recurring theme of my guests that have been on lately. So, with that, let's welcome Casey Edward. Casey, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. How you doing? Oh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me, Tracy. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, well, I'm excited to have you here. I mean, I, I get this really good energy from you, and those are the kind of folks you definitely want to uh, chat with and learn from, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, but I want to uh, step back and let you tell your story, kind of, you know, where you came from, what you went through to get to where you are, and why you love doing what you do so much. Mm, so I am in Colorado, like you mentioned now, but I am originally from Massachusetts and I grew up in, you know, a normal, normal, seemingly normal life. And as I started to get older, I, I don't know if I consciously recognized what was going on, but I started to develop really bad anxiety. So for me, that looked like just constantly being in my head and wondering what other people were thinking of me, being hyper-analytical of myself and my body especially, and just consistently feeling this 
like insidious feeling that something was wrong. I used to, I remember thinking to myself, why does it feel like I have a dark cloud over my head? And it was before those commercials for depression came out, which, mm. which actually illustrated that. Like, right, right. <laughs> how I felt like I was just like, everyone else seems to be happy and, and normal. You know, I remember it starting probably around 16, 17, and it just followed me into my 20s. And I, I mean, I had a job that I loved. I was in a relationship. I lived with my friends in Boston. There was nothing that was so outstandingly wrong that I should have been in the mental space I was in. But mm-hmm. that's how it goes sometimes. We get stuck in our heads. So I had tried everything up to the point of when I was in my early 20s from, you know, I exercised a lot and I ran and I ate well and I read and I did all of the things that you're supposed to do. And so finally I was like, something's got to give, you know, I've talked to therapists, I've tried medicine, which made it worse. And so I heard about meditation and as a last ditch effort, I was like, this seems horrible, but I have to try it. You know, I have nothing else to lose at this point. So I bought 10% Happier, a book by Dan Harris, which was wonderful. It was really a great way to learn about it. And he's really real about meditation. And so I, when I was probably 23-ish, I sat down for the first time ever and just set my timer for five minutes and just traced my breath and tried not to think, <laughs> which is... That's a challenge. Let's so be honest. <laughs> so challenging. And even though it was challenging, though, I could feel that there was something there. I could feel that that I had to keep doing this, even though, you know, your mind is going to fight it. Of course, your mind is like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to silence me. I don't want to do this. <laughs> like all of the reasons you, you can't meditate. I don't have time. You should work out instead of this. Why are we doing this? All of those narratives. But I stuck with it. And I would say that that's when everything changed. When I started to realize I was not my thoughts, that's when I was like, wow, how did I not learn this in school? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of a little bit of my background. So when you say you realize that you're not your thoughts, expand on that for me. So here I was, you know, hearing these thoughts in my head saying, you're fat, you're not worthy, he doesn't like you, all of these different na- narratives. And a lot of us have this self-talk and mm-hmm. often, unfortunately, you know, it is negative because the mind is just trying to keep us safe. The ego is trying to keep us safe. But what I mean by that is I never knew those things weren't definitely true. Mm. I thought this voice in my head was right. I thought that voice in my head was me. I thought that was me just kind of talking in my head about my life. But then when I had these moments in meditation, when I first began, where I was witnessing those thoughts, I realized I had the choice. Do I want to feel that way? Do I want to think that thought? No, I'm never going to know what that person's thinking of me. So I might as well think something good. Like if I'm not going to know, why don't I think the better case scenario? Why don't I think, oh, maybe he does like me or, you know, oh, maybe I am enough exactly as I am. So just noticing that we have the choice to go down the rabbit hole with this, this road of thoughts or that road of thoughts was really pivotal for me. Nice. And, and I mean, this is a, I say we have this choice or you were saying we have this choice. I mean, is it a, is it a conscious effort 
or is it something inside? I mean, and I'm asking from your experience because uh, I've I've toyed with it in the past, and I'm I'm one of those guys. I'm 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 the thinker to the point of exhaustion. My mind is just going click 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 right. And uh, I actually, you know, I tried some. Uh, it was recorded guide, I guess, guided meditation type of experience, and it was cool and it was soothing and it, it did help me chill down. But when you say the, the witnessing of thoughts and we have a choice, is it a conscious thing or is it, you know, with the experience you start to realize, all right, that's just something from my past and I need to flip that switch or turn that road or guide it down to the left versus to the right. Does that make sense? The question? That totally makes sense. Okay. That is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say where I was at when I first started meditating, that would have been a very different answer. But so right now, I mean, we've got to recognize. So I am the awareness. You are the awareness, Tracy. We are all the awareness. So what I mean by that is right now, this is kind of trippy, but I am aware that Casey, like this human, Mm -hmm. is thinking and thinking thoughts. But because I'm observing this, I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. I am not what's going on in my body. I am not my body. I am something greater. So I am this consciousness. So yeah, it it becomes a practice. You know, we put so much effort into working longer hours. We put so much effort into going to the gym and making ourselves better and reading more self-improvement books. But are we actively changing our thoughts? If we are not changing our mental space, if we're not changing our beliefs, then nothing will change because our inner reality creates our outer reality. So to answer the part of the question that you were saying, you know, do we have to kind of figure out these thoughts that came from our past? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes if we didn't allow ourselves to assimilate emotions when we were growing up, a lot of us kind of were taught to grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. We might have to let things come up and feel them. But like 95% of the time when you're bopping around your day, like think about even just your drive to work. So many people are driving there thinking, you know, what am I going to do today? I'm so tired. I didn't get enough sleep tonight. Should I go to the gym after? I don't really want to go to the gym after like thinking the same things over and over. But what if even just for a second on your way to work, you were like, wow, I am so grateful that I have a car to drive. I am so grateful that I have coffee in my mug. I am really thankful that I'm alive today. Like even those small shifts in your energy can completely change everything. And I mean, at the most simplistic level, it'll change how you feel. So that's nice. It'll make yeah. you happier, you know? Amen. So, yeah. No, I hear you there. I actually um, uh, just, this is, this is so congruent. Uh, I just released an episode this morning. I recorded it yesterday and I put it out and it was called, uh, I called it the, the Pentitude. So it's the five attitudes of your life. Mm-hmm. And one of those things, and, and I save it for last, is being grateful. You know, because if you can just take the moment, and and for most people, if they've never done it before, the first time they do it, it's like, it's a struggle. I'm grateful for my wife. Oh, okay, cool. Stop right there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Right? And then, you know, if, if they make this a habit, like every day, get up and say, you know, take 30 seconds and tell yourself what you're grateful for while you're strolling around your house. Uh, by the end of the week, they've come up with this paragraph. And by the end of the month, you know, now it's a page. And so they, and it starts shifting. I agree with you. It starts shifting, um, 
the flow uh, of of information inside your head. It's like you said, if you're driving down the road, you're like, I'm grateful I have a car because I wouldn't want to be riding a bus or I wouldn't have to walk and, uh, or I don't want to ride a bike or all these different things. And it starts uh, shifting your view of the world. Is that is that kind of what you're get, coming from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you thought of emotions and feelings on kind of uh, this hierarchy, a scale, gratitude's up there. Gratitude's one of the highest vibrational emotions that we can feel, if not the highest. So A, you're going to feel good, but B, you're also going to attract more to be grateful for into your life. Like, you know, at the most fundamental subatomic level, we are all energy. Like Mm -hmm. we see each other as physical matter, but we're energy. And so when you're feeling and expressing and putting gratitude out there, then you're just going to keep attracting more to be grateful for. Little things will just start showing up. And, you know, when I first started, like, I wasn't in a place of, like, I want to change the world. I was so, you know, kind of self-absorbed. We, we all are in, in some fashion, you know, we're all, yeah. like, I feel like this, you know, yada, yada. So if, if that's what gets you to, gets you to start practicing gratitude is like, it'll bring more into your life then totally, you know, because it will like, it's changing out of lack consciousness to abundance consciousness. We all have so much that, you know, really we take for granted or I'll speak for myself. I was definitely taking for granted. You know, I can see, I can smell, I can hear, I can walk, I can move. My heart is beating. Like those things in itself should really be enough every single day for me to be like, wow, I, I'm pretty lucky. This is great. Amen. So. Yeah. Amen. I hear you there. I know. Now, was there any, I know you, you, you found uh, meditation to help, help you uh, come to the realization. Was there some event in your life that you're like, oh, I got to try something or is it just you, you were lucky enough to stumble upon it uh, as a way to uh, offset some of the anxiety you were discussing earlier? Mm, so for lack of a better word, phrase, this is how I like to think of it. I was just, I was sick of my own shit. And I think that that is where most of us decide to make a change. Mm-hmm. Where you're kind of like, you know, something external might happen. But for a lot of us, it's kind of just like, I am so sick of this. Yeah. Like you have this moment of like, I've been, you know, I was being a victim and I was playing woe is me. And I was just like, enough, what can I do? You know, like this, this shouldn't be like this. I am going to take control of this. And that's kind of, I was just sick of feeling anxious, you know, from the outside. I, you know, I'm a fairly extroverted person and I'm outgoing and I'm social. So people might never have noticed that I was crumbling inside, you know, mm-hmm. going into Starbucks to get a coffee was a big deal for me. It's crazy to even think about. I just had this really nervous energy about me all the time. And it was just like, I I couldn't go on like that. I just knew it. I knew I can't go on like that. So, I mean, there were big things. I had panic attacks all the time, Mm. but more so it was just like, I want to be happy. I'm meant to be happy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of what led into it for me. And I know you said that you had tried guided meditations. It's really funny because I think that's a great outlet for most people when they start, but I could not. And why is it? And, okay. Let's dig in a little bit deeper right there. Why, why, why would that not work so much for you? <laughs> to be honest for me, I mean, as it is, you know, again, it's kind of a lot to have to get yourself to sit down mm-hmm. and, be quiet. Like it's this new thing. And you're like, I don't have time for this, all of the mental stories. So, you know, I would be in a guided meditation and I'd finally kind of start feeling like, 
oh, like I would just start feeling a little different. And then the guided meditation would, guy would come in and be like, and let the clouds pass. And I was like, no, I was just like, <laughs> like shut up. Yeah, like, I was letting the clouds pass, dude. And then you like, came in and ruined it. So. You came in there and uh, tossed in a storm cloud. No, I, no, no, that makes sense. Yeah, so teach their own, you know, there's there's something for everyone these days, but I found it the most simple way was just to set my timer and trace my breath just in, mm-hmm. out, mentally. I mean, and then, you know, for the first many times, I found myself going the whole five minutes with only doing one round of actually tracing it and then thinking the rest of the time, and that's <laughs> so fine, you know, it's like the whole intention behind it, but then you still start to be like, okay, you know. For some of that, I wasn't thinking about the leftovers in the fridge. I was just sitting. So, yeah. I wasn't feeling the rug under my toes or anything like that. But I, I think, I mean, uh, trying to bring this uh, bring this round, I think it's like anything in, in life in general. It's like, all right, I've never done this before. It's the first time. I'm going to try it because if I can get benefits from it, if I can bring things into my world, like you were saying earlier, um, even if you're doing thinking it from a, um, a a self-serving point of view, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Right. And there's, there's different types. Hey, there's the guided, which, you know, uh, like you said, wouldn't work so hot for you. And then there's, uh, you know, there's different types for everybody. And I don't know enough to actually speak on it. You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. If I had a dollar for everyone who was like, I can't meditate. I think too much. I would have a lot of dollars and I would <laughs> And it's just like, of course, like, again, the mind is going to fight meditation more than it's going to fight a lot of things because it knows that your intention is to quiet it or to step outside of it. And, you know, it's, it's just like the gym, you know, you go one day, you start this new gym routine and you're like fired up and you do it and you're like, yep, I'm on this train. And then by day two, three, four, you're kind of like, uh, like, I don't want to, but it's just, consistency is the key. And I think the other thing besides I can't is the the time piece. And something I heard when I started, which I really liked was there's a saying, if you have time to meditate, do it for 15 minutes a day. If you don't have time to meditate, do it for an hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, touche. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That works. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's, I think it's like anything. It's like people say, well, I don't have time to read. It's like, dude, uh, how much TV did you just spend watching last night? You know, take take five, 10 minutes out of that and, uh, you know, do, uh, do a page or do a meditation or whatever you keep telling us is, uh, on your to-do list, but you can't get to done. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so nowadays you're, uh, you're teaching this. Yes. And yeah. uh, on top of your, um, being a spin instructor, so turn this into a, a little, I'll call it a side hustle, a, a, a business for yourself? Yeah. So for cycling? Uh, either one. Yeah. So, so after meditation, what kind of happened was I distinctly remember the first time I ever heard my intuition, which sounds so out there, but it's true. And what happened was I just heard in my head yoga teacher training. And I remember being like, who said that? What's going on? Like, I had been meditating for a little while and then I just got this, this thought, but I knew that it wasn't for me. Like I kind of just came into my head and I was like, whoa. And at the time I didn't do yoga, but I felt really called to go look into it. So I signed up for yoga teacher training simultaneous to signing up for a life coaching certification. So 
I became a yoga instructor and a certified life coach at the same time. And it's kind of one of those things where I didn't even plan that to be my route. But, you know, when you let life just unfold as it will, I started teaching and then I became a life coach. And then I started being like, wow, okay, I really do like sharing these messages or speaking. And then I was starting to share on Instagram a lot more and had a blog. And I started to be like, whoa, okay, maybe I could make this my life. Maybe I don't have to have a nine to five mm -hmm. or, or the kind of job that I really always thought that I had to have and went to school for. And, you know, obviously everyone in my family is like, no, 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 like you were going to be like a lawyer though. You have a, a, a degree. And I'm like, I know, but <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. So yeah, I, I started doing life coaching and from there, the podcast evolved and I've always done spin. So it's so funny because I really like teaching about meditation and spirituality while also being a spin instructor, because I think that when I started my journey, I kind of thought of people who meditated as like people who just kind of sit in the mountains with their legs crossed and aren't in society. Like mm -hmm. it's kind of like this separate world, but that's why I like also being an instructor because you can kind of bring presence and meditation and law of attraction and energy into the room with people who might not necessarily be exposed to that otherwise. So it's kind of a beautiful crossing of both paths. That's kind yeah. of a cool thing. And, yeah. I, and, and I think, I mean, even over the span of my lifetime, I think uh, uh, things like uh, well, yoga and, and meditation and heck, even spin cycling, it's like, you know, just exercise in general, all these things have, uh, become we've all become more aware of of them as a whole and more accepting you know it's not so much oh well you're a yoga person you must be one of those granola crunching bark hugging kind of folks from you know you'd hear about back in the i'll say 60s and 70s and now i'm dating myself as i say that um but you know now there there's you know, we, my wife and I and, uh, and my daughter, we did goat yoga about this time last year, and it was a blast. I'm but, go uh, it too. It's so cute. <laughs> goat yoga is awesome. It's, it's oddly uh, awesome, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's oddly it's awesome. We actually drove probably about 45 minutes just to go to the class, and they always on this person's farm, and they actually have a scan a scat of you of uh, little guys and medium-sized guys and they were little baby goats and they were probably um they were older but they were still small but you know they're they're climbing on you and you know it's it's a, it's a hoot it's definitely a hoot mm -hmm. and it i think that is a great um introductory thing for anyone who's like well, i don't know about yoga but animals are cool you know, so you can go try something out even like that and say, okay, well, the yoga was kind of cool too, right? And then you can try it without the goats around you and, st and step it on your back. <laughs> 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 Definitely. <laughs> so, so you're doing – now, I know what, what a life coach is, but I'm not sure everyone else does. You want to take a moment to kind of expand and, on, on what that entails. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, and yeah, it sounds so ambiguous and broad, right. but actually at the most fundamental level, I just help people change their minds. If you can change your mentality and your mind, you can truly change your entire life. And that's just science, you know? So I predominantly work with women who experience anxiety, but I have worked with men. I've worked with women who struggle from eating disorders because I did for a really long time. I kind of just work with anyone who's ready to change their life. And it sounds so cliche, but it really comes down to, again, taking ownership of whatever's going on for me 
is a creation of me, you know, and that can be hard for some people to hear. But once you start realizing, wow, okay, that is true. I am the one making, making all of this happen. You know, if I'm going through my life on a day-to-day basis and everything's staying the same and I'm bored and yada, 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 it's because we're not making change. Like there's no arbitrator out there who's going to be like, here's a million dollars and here's the, you know, soulmate of your dreams and here's everything you wish for. Like you're that person, you're that energy, you're that entity. And so it's just starting to shift out of really old limiting patterns, whether that's like we talked about beliefs that are instilled in your physical body or just thoughts. Like sometimes it's nice to have an outside source who you can say, well, you know, there's so many times where my clients will just start to go on a rant and I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to, we don't do that anymore. We're not thinking about that. Like, why would we, you know, it's just changing, changing your mind. And it really does come down to emotional responsibility. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by that is, are you going to take ownership of being so careful with what you think? So every day, are you going to be just so aware that you're not your thoughts, but that they do matter and you're going to make that your priority? Like that is more important than anything else you do. Being aware of the thoughts you're thinking and how you feel because our emotions are just a barometer of what we're manifesting. If you're feeling bad all the time, you're not creating good things. You would feel good if you were. So. Mm-hmm. That was that was kind of a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, no, no. That was actually really good, and it's it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of sorts, right? If you keep uh, festering the negativity, well, then the negativity keeps arriving, which gives you the excuse to keep festering negativity, and so on, and so on, and so on. Uh, well, the flip works just as well, ladies and gentlemen. That's, I mean, that's that's my opinion. I I think you would concur. Yeah, I mean, that's. I was just thinking the same thoughts all the time, and I think the. The first time I really, so I've been experienced anxiety probably in a year now, which I, I'm not just saying this when I, when I say this, but like, I, I never thought I would be someone who didn't have anxiety. That was a part of my identity. That was how I lived my life. I was just on edge all the time. And then one day I had it, like it was just coming on for me. It was just like, I'd be like living life and just kind of sitting. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's almost like someone taps on your shoulder and is like, there's something wrong. And you're like, what <laughs> like, <laughs> is there though? <laughs> like, and one day I just remembered, okay, I'm, ex- I'm watching this happen. I'm experiencing this feeling, try to come in. But what if, what if I didn't have anxiety? What would I do right now? How would I be thinking? What would I feel? And I just stepped myself out of that illusion because anxiety is just this big illusion of the need for control or the need to be doing something else or the need to be somewhere else or making more money or being a different person. It's all this fake illusion. And when you can just take a moment to be like, what would it, what would it be like if right now I was totally cool with everything going on? And when you have that moment of, oh, everything is okay. I'm just sitting in my apartment and nothing's wrong. No one's attacking me. I'm safe. It's like, oh, okay. And you just start to have these breakthroughs more and more of, wow, I can, I can experience life without that. And I just started to shift out of that more and more. And then, yeah, so it's possible for anyone to just really change things and you can do it pretty simply on your own. Just coming back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I know it's, it's sounding more simplistic than it is. Cause if I heard this when I was in like the beginning, the beginning of my journey and I was really in that place, I'd be like, 
okay, that sounds really easy. <laughs> She's making it sound really easy, but I keep tripping over my tongue every time I talk to myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, yeah. So, okay. So nowadays you're, um, you're doing the life coach thing and, uh, you know, I, I say thing, right? I, I'm not trying to underplay. I mean, you're being a life coach for those that are in need, right? And then, uh, uh, teaching meditation, and of course, we already mentioned the, the cycle bar. Uh, got this all wrapped up into your own little business world, correct? Yes. So, knowing what you now know, mm-hmm. if you could go back and start it all over, would you change anything? I mean, I, I know it's all about a path and a process. As I'm hearing how you think, and I'm trying to step into your shoes for a second, you had to go through a path just to get where you are, and going back would change some of that path. But I mean, if you could. I would say instinctually gut instinct on that was like a resounding no, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But there were some things in my life, I would say. Um, A relationship, for example, where I allowed them, allowed, you know, people or places or things in my life to stay and I settled. Uh And I think that, I would take back any of the times I was settling. So I wouldn't take back the bads or the times I invested money in a business coach and it went to <laughs> 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 not worth it or the times that I questioned myself or gave up on a launch I was supposed to do. I, I wouldn't change any of that because yeah, like you said, I think everything gets you to the place where the lesson catapults you. But I would say really as you step into being an entrepreneur, what you have got to do is start to notice your self-worth And if you feel that intuitive knowing that you're settling in some area of your life, whether it be your sex life, whether it be financially, whether it be just your life in general, are you traveling? Are you doing adventures? Are you having fun? If you're settling, that's going to trickle into your business big time. And I would say for myself, I would probably have kind of shook myself a little and been like, hey, (laughs) let's... Let's, let's cut the ties to the things that are not allowing you to become the next version of yourself in your business. I, I totally, I love that one. And I think the flip is probably true. If you're settling outside of your business, it's, or if you're settling inside your business, it's going to trickle into your, uh, your personal and your relationship uh, part of your life as well. It's kind of, I mean, you're all, you're an all encompassing person. You're, you are the person that's at the center of all that. So uh, absolutely. Um, so I'm gonna stick with business just for a minute, yeah. and because and and, and be, I think the life coach thing for me or for a lot of folks it's probably newer mm-hmm. on the uh, on the landscape than other things. I mean, uh, we've heard about yoga for forever. I mean, uh, for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> Meditation has been around, obviously, but it's, again, as I mentioned before, it's becoming more. Um, accepted, but it seems like being a life coach is a little, little newer to the landscape. How do you, how do you present that, or how do you market that to folks? Well, so I tend to mix science and spirituality okay. a little. So I'm kind of a mix of the two. Um, I speak to the spiritual side, but also the scientific side. So I think that the reason life coaches are becoming so predominant is because there's this big paradigm shift happening, where, like we've been alluding to the whole episode, people are realizing, whoa what I think matters and how I'm acting and how I'm feeling matters. And when you start to realize that you recognize that 
most of the time you're going to need to talk to someone about making, making a really big mental shift because a things will come up that are going to try to stand in your way or that you need someone to help you process. Some of us have traumatic things stored in our minds and in our bodies, but B again, it's just kind of like accountability showing up for yourself and thinking differently because you know, the spiritual part of it is, you know, I, I teach people to listen to their intuition and use their intuition and to manifest. I know manifest is a buzzword right now, but it's yeah. an actual scientific process. Yes, like, yes. So I teach people all about manifesting and it's, it's so fun to have like, you know, we always do with clients like little things and then we start making them into bigger things and then someone will be in a relationship by the end of it or they'll have manifested a new job. And it's like, this is truly how it works. When you think differently, and I know I'm saying that at nauseum because that's like the main, <laughs> the main yes. goal is to get people to think differently. But when you can get people to think differently, then their lives will change. There's no way that they won't. And so I just tell people, you know, yeah, we're going to practice using your intuition and manifesting. And also like, we're going to cut the bullshit. Like you're, we do not have time for you to keep thinking like you've been thinking. Like you're not a victim. You're the creator. You, if something happens, if you get a bill in the mail or if someone's not nice to you, you know, you had a little bit of something to do with that. Like where was your vibration at? And you know, right? it's hard for some people to hear, but when people, like I said, are ready to hear that, they're like, damn, you right. <laughs> like how do I change this? So yeah, it's kind of a mix of quantum physics meets spirituality meets, you know, rewiring the neural networks in our brains but yeah it's it's pretty wild because i know that all sounds like a lot but really simply just having someone to talk to about okay this week how how did i do was i stressed out or did i feel good was i thinking good thoughts or was i pulled right back into you know the drama going on in my group of friends and i got sucked in and i let it play out all week so it's just kind of showing up for yourself and having someone to help you see the best version of yourself because sometimes we just quite frankly can't do that. Yeah. Sometimes we're too close to the problem mm -hmm. right? or, or yeah. even too close to the, to the success. And I think sometimes um, having um, uh, a guide, uh, a coach, a mentor, whatever, whatever tagline you want to give to it uh, when you're, when you're going through the good and the bad is definitely, definitely awesome. I've seen lots of folks that, who were, started getting a mentor or, or got a mentor and then they were going through their 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 challenges and the mentor helps guide them and then they get the success and they break away from the mentor and then they go back into the to the dip and then they go back and get a mentor and instead of keeping them yep. right he's <laughs> like uh wait a minute just because he got you there doesn't mean he can't help you continue on or or, or she whoever it may be um it works at the top just as well as it works when you're at the bottom Totally. I used to do that to myself. <laughs> uh, I was speaking from experience. <laughs> okay. So given, given that, uh, you know, uh, the bulk of our audience is, uh, I, I call them the driven dark horse entrepreneurs, right? They're the folks that, that their mind is like, like you were saying there, like, ah, I can't quiet it down. Uh, and they're driven to reach their goals, whatever that goal is, starting, restarting, kickstarting their business, firing up their relationship, whatever that is. What tip do you want them to walk away from this show today? I would say definitely the tip would be, okay, so you have that goal in your mind. So we often think of tangible goals externally, but I want you to think of the version of you who reaches that goal. So the version of you that makes a million dollars this year, 
the version of you that starts a nonprofit uh, alongside making a million dollars for yourself so that you can change the world, the version of you that has 30 clients a week and you're changing lives, what does that version of you think? What do they feel? What are the words they speak out into existence? And what do they do? You know, we get so focused on the external goals, but again, it's bringing it back to how would I be thinking if I were that version of me? Mm-hmm. So I started asking myself this a little, a little while ago and I realized how, how I, was, I was really thinking in terms of lack with my business. I was kind of like, okay, I've got to pay my bills. and like, well, I have enough this month and I kind of want new clients so that I can, you know, upgrade this and that. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. If I was this fabulous, bigger, more up-leveled version of me, I would be saying money flows to me like water. I am abundant. Clients are coming out of the woodworks to me. I have fun. Working hard isn't the only way I make money. Money flows easily to me. Success flows easily to me. I'm changing the world just by being me. I'm getting paid just by being me. Changing the story completely. So yeah, having those goals, absolutely. But recognizing that those goals are going to happen when you step into the version of you. That that's, that, that's, that's gold right there. Uh, that's fire. I mean, <laughs> I, I have, I have tried to live by that credo. Oh my gosh. Since about the nineties, uh, mm. I was, I was lucky enough to have a mentor that, that, that said almost those exact words. I was like, dude, and I, uh, I put it into a presentation and I presented it in such a way where it was like, okay, uh, I called it the Vista view. So if you're standing up on the Vista and you were overlooking your future that you built, what did it look like, right? What does your house look like? What do you look like? Are you fit? Are you fat? Are you lean? Are you mean, right? How are you feeling when you get up in the morning? How are you feeling when you go to sleep? What do your kids think of you? What is your person? You know, all these different things. Like you're saying, you lead, you're, you're just getting that all-encompassing view of that person that's fitting that view of what it is you want to accomplish. And then you start backtracking it to now. You're like, okay, well, I am that person. I, I can get there. That's easy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fire. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, 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 I'm like, yes, let's go. Hands are in the air. All right, yeah. <laughs> all right, Casey. I want to give you a, ch- a shot here. I want you, to, of course, you know, uh, tell us about you know your website, your podcast, any other places that folks wanted to connect with you. Where would they need to go? Yeah, I would say that the easiest way to connect with me is Instagram. I tend to be on my stories a lot. <laughs> I like being on right Instagram. On. Um, it's just at Casey underscore Edward and my website is also CaseyEdward.com. If you happen to be in Colorado for some random reason and you want to come to my spin class, totally <laughs> come on in, I'll kick your butt. Um, and yeah. And then my podcast is, I can't wait to tell you. And it's kind of just basically everything we've been talking about in this episode, but more in depth and just all the things. So Yeah. Sweet. And I'll, I'm going to be sure to put the links to all of those uh, locations, except for the spin class, uh, into the show notes. What city is that in, by the way? Lone Tree, Colorado. It's just south of Denver. Okay. Yeah. So if anyone's south of Denver, go get your <laughs> butt whooped by Casey in her spin class. Yeah. Okay. 
we actually we are it's funny you should say that we we're actually planning a trip out to uh out to denver my uh my father-in-law is an avid uh political collector and every year obviously not this year because of the uh the covid experience we uh take two uh, you know week week and a half and we'll go on a, a driving tour and we've been going down towards you know this missouri and i'm in wisconsin so you know we'll drive down and then drive back and we'll stop at all these little antique shops for lack of a better race you know these little podunk little spots and he finds some of the coolest gems well this year instead of going south we were going to go west and we were going to drive to colorado and back we didn't make it but now if we do i'm going to come and i'm going to get my butt whipped by casey in spin class <laughs> yes i'm going to hold you to that i'm going to be like uh, oh, definitely I'm will because my wife's an <laughs> avid my wife's an avid physical person so she would enjoy that as well um so we would both uh, we would both jump on there and, and enjoy a good sweat um, and Casey, I definitely appreciate your time today and, uh, be sure to let you know when this is out and about. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. I appreciate you too. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. There you have it. My dark horse fans, Casey Edwards dropping some meditation bombs on us. All right. Here are the thoughts I walked away with. Thought number one. Early in life, I mean, at the age of 16 years old, Casey saw the anxiety was impacting her. You know, that feeling of that dark cloud overhead? Well, I want to pause for a moment and hit on a few facts here. I mean, we all get anxious from time to time, right? It's a, it's a part of life to, it's a part of normal life to experience occasional anxiety. But if it's excessive, if it's irrational dread of everyday situations, it can be disabling. When anxiety interferes with your daily activities, you may have an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders, ladies and gentlemen, are real. They're serious medical conditions, just as real and as serious as physical disorders like, you know, heart disease or diabetes. Anxiety disorders are the most common and pervasive medical disorders in the United States. The national prevalence data indicates that nearly 40 million people in the United States, that is 18%, y'all, 40 million of them, that 18% experience an anxiety disorder within a given year. Approximately 8% of children and teenagers experience an anxiety disorder with most people developing those symptoms before the age of 21. Now, only about a third of them, this is really sad, only about a third of them who are suffering receive treatment, even though these disorders are highly treatable. Look, I'm no expert, right? And I know it's not the normal topic of this podcast, but it's still a very important one. You see, as driven entrepreneurs, parents, or just people, we can push aside the signals, the fears, the stigmas, and we can just soldier on. But if you need help, or if you know someone who needs help, please, please, please get it. Okay, I'm stepping down from my soapbox now. Thought number two, you are not your thoughts. You see, you have a choice in the ongoing daily thought patterns that you can instill in yourself. And trust me, those patterns can take you down into a deep, dark rabbit hole of depression and despair. Or if wisely molded, they can help you attain the success that you desire and deserve, no matter what your personal definition 
of that success might be. It could be 50 million. It could be 150 million. It could be 50,000, whatever it is, right? Mold your thoughts to get you to where you're trying to be. Thought number three, we work out, we learn, we get mentors. We even alter the intake of food and drink. But are we actively molding and changing our thoughts and our beliefs to align with who we are, with who we want to be, and what we know right now to be true? You see, our inner reality molds and impacts our outer reality. Tiffany Toombs shared a very similar message back in episode four. But let me share with you uh, with a couple of quotes from gentlemen that said it far better than I. The first one is Wayne Dreyer. Wayne Dreyer said, what we think determines what happens to us. So if we want to change our lives, we need to stretch our minds. Then one of my personal heroes, Earl Nightingale said, whatever we plant in our subconscious mind and nourish with repetition and emotion will one day become a reality. So here's the question. Are you stretching your mind? Hmm? Are you nourishing your subconscious in the direction that you're trying to take yourself and your business? If not, you are making, you, you, my friend, are making this entrepreneurial road vastly bumpier than it needs to be. Remember, even those small shifts will have an impact, especially if you do them repeatedly and often, you know, like daily. So, Take that emotional responsibility to move yourself and your business forward. Thought number four. If you are settling in any area of your life, it will eventually impact other areas of your life. Hell, it'll probably impact all of them. See, that settling mentality is going to eventually bleed into the other parts of your life. If you are settling in your personal life, it will eventually bleed and maybe even take over the business part of your life or vice versa. Here, ladies and gentlemen, is the thing. You are worthy. To me, if you are the type of person that will invest the time to listen to a podcast like this, you are either a little bit or a lot invested in growing yourself, growing your business, and growing to be the best version of you that you can be in all aspects, personal and professional. So stop settling. Start pushing back against the walls, be they real or imaginary, that the world is putting up that's holding you back. And thought number five, if you can think differently, your life can and will change and it will allow you to become the version of you that has already achieved your goal. So cut the bullshit. No one, I don't care how old or how young you are, you do not have time to keep thinking like you have been thinking, especially if those thoughts are holding you back. I mean, even more so, especially if you're thinking like you're a victim in any area of your life. You see, so many think, um, they say things like, oh man, I got this. They say that out loud while in the back of their head or in their heart or in their solar plexus or somewhere in that body, they're getting this fear feeling, you know, quote unquote, that fear feeling. And they feel like they're going to lose and that they are the victim of this or the victim of that. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not a victim. You are the creator if you can't see the opportunities right in front of your face, get a mentor, get a coach, get a trusted friend, 
get a guide to help you clear the fog in front of you. Heck, like Jasmine in episode 11 found out, a coach could help you identify not just the challenging patterns, but also find that skill that we're taking for granted that you can build an entire empire upon. Step into and become that version of you that has already built that empire and see just how fast it rises on the horizon. Ladies and gentlemen, what inspiring ideas or tips or thoughts resonated with you? Whatever they were, take some time today and put them into action. Go out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com and share the tips or ideas that you came away with, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. We're building a prize pool from past guests, and so if you email me and I read it on the show, you win. Now, Next episode's guest, Christina Vitalago, shares her journey from being the district manager of a major camera company and all the perks that come with that, to managing multiple nightclubs, to being a roadie in rock and roll, to finally creating her own business, and now even franchising that business out to others so they too can be a successful entrepreneur. Oh, and by the way, she's also running a business for one of rock and roll's most iconic bass guitar players on the planet, in my humble opinion. More about that in next episode. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and emotional stories from this podcast. So please go on down and hit subscribe. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and write a quick review. And of course, don't keep all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs, business owners, or anyone you know will get value from it. Oh, and one more thing. If there's a topic you want me to cover or someone you think I should interview, email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com and let me know. I want to hear your thoughts on where you think this show should go. I want this show to be of service to you after all. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.